This is the Rejoicing in the Word podcast, coming to you from the capital region of the Susquehanna Valley. My name is Josh Hamilton, and with me here today is Brandon Starnes. We want to welcome you back for another episode of Rejoicing in the Word. We want to remind you to make sure you visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash rwmin, where you can message us, you can share, you can like, or the things that are up, put up there for the quickest updates. Remember to check out the memes, the verses, and the quotes that go up there. Also, remember to check on the blog, svbcpa.org forward slash rwblog. If you need a direct link for our podcast, because we're available on all major podcast platforms, but if you need the direct link, check out svbcpa.org forward slash rwpod. Also remember, Season 2, we are doing a giveaway. We're doing a drawing at the end of the season, and you want to be a part of that. So make sure you go to Facebook.com, message us uh, your email address, and follow us. And we're going to add you into the drawing. And then we'll be talking a little bit later in future episodes about what those are. We know what they are. We're just keeping it hidden a little bit. A surprise. That's right. So... Uh, talk about this episode that we're going to be jumping into today. Well, today, actually, we're you know we're getting into season two now, and so far the theme has been missions and a general thing, carrying the light. Uh, last week we did a good bit on uh, just uh, defining what missions was. In particular, we dealt with some time with the gospel, which if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, I encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast. Maybe before this one. Um, Today's podcast we've entitled Charging the Batteries. I want to talk about really this. This is kind of our thesis statement. Why have a missions conference? And we should also remind the audience here, and we, we went into detail on this last week, but um, what is our definition that we're going off of here for missions? So whenever you hear us say missions, what are we talking about? Um, in our last podcast, we touched on missions is the preaching of the gospel of Christ to the condemned of Adam's race, wherever they may be. Wherever they may be. It could be, as we ended last last week's, it could be the USA or Uzbekistan, hither or thither. Uh, local, foreign, it's all under the umbrella of preaching the gospel to all of Adam's race. And the great thing about it is, Acts tells us, you know, there's one blood. He's made us all, well, there's one race. And they may have different pigmentations, they may have different languages, but it's one race and they all need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're talking about a missions conference, why to have one. Uh, Pastor, do you have any memories early on, perhaps, of missions conferences? Yeah, uh, I was just thinking about this 30 years ago. So it would have been circa 92, and um, we had a missionary, we, we were... A rural church in Chesterfield County, South Carolina, actually. And we had on the walls, uh, this sticks out to my mind, these pictures for various regions and country. Uh, two of the missionaries, I think, that were with us, I, I know one of them was from Jamaica, I think. And so had the different uh, missions. And then, you know, it would have the national flags on this little poster. And it would have, uh, I don't know, it might have an overview of the city or something like that. But it really brought to your mind people. Right. And people I never thought I never thought about Jamaica or I had never thought about Europe or my mind had never considered those things. What about you? I remember um, the first memory that I have of a missions conference has to do with food. And <laughs> so during our missions conference at the one church I was at as a kid, we had a missions banquet. And then every table 
represented a different country. And so if you were at the Mexico table, you had Mexican food. If you were at the Ukrainian table, you had Ukrainian food. If you were at the Russian table, you'd do Russian food. And, of course, you'd go visit all your friends who were sitting at the different tables so that way you could sample sample all the food. Exactly. Um, another thing in regards to that is one of our, our kids' classes, they brought in all the missionary letters from the missionaries we supported. And we each got a missionary letter. And we went on there, and of course, they had their address and everything, and so we wrote them a letter. And in the letter, we said, you know, hello, we're praying for you, and my name's Josh, and um, we requested that, or I requested that they sent me their missionary prayer card. So ever since I was, I don't know how old I was, eight or ten years old, I've been getting a missions letter. That was about 30 years ago. <laughs> I've been getting a missions letter, prayer card, um, in the mail, um, paper in hand, since I for years and I was a missionary uh, that they're still over there today and they're serving the Lord in Bulgaria area and so I just remember getting that as a child and as I grew and just excited to keep up with what God was doing over there what you know and I'm making this assumption but it's certainly true with me and I think with you all the missions conferences you've been in your life be it at Bible college certainly a few here elsewhere what is kind of one reoccurring lesson that you can remember thinking besides food spiritual lesson that you that uh, you felt you learned during the missions conference i think one thing it always challenged me or spoke to my heart about was just having a love for the lost whether it's in mexico or whether it's you know across the sea or no matter where it would be um and just also realizing that the gospel is bigger than just my little hometown and so you know Sometimes we can get so close-minded in how big the world is because we have our own little world, and the missions conferences would always expand, partly, partly to all that need to be reached, but also to just the love of God, the fact that God loves each and every one of those people, knows each and every one of those people, and just the challenge to be faithful where God has put me. You know, I remember for myself very similar thing. I just. Again, the un, uh, the lack of awareness to where all these folks were, that their lives were different than mine, and yet their need was the same. And I remember, uh, though I, I was not pushed into this, but I said, wow, I want to give towards this. And I had, and I wasn't very old, uh, old enough to have a value of money and to realize that it was not a commodity that I had tons of. And I can remember that my pledge or whatever, my faith promise given was like a quarter a month that I had divided it and I, I rounded up. It's going to be five cents a week is what it was. And I can remember, you know, putting that in, $1.25 and stuff like this. And my parents were very kind. They, they let me participate in it again. I wasn't wasn't forced at all, but I can remember the personal satisfaction to know that I saw a need and that I contributed, even though it wasn't much. And uh, I would like to say that five cents then was way more than five cents is today. <laughs> But I had a part. Right. I had a part in um, sending the gospel to a place that even today I never have had the opportunity to go to. Right. Another thing that just a missions conference had opened up in my life, I guess really twice, is just the opportunity to get to come in contact with different missionaries. And two times I went and actually spent spent time with that missionary in their field. And so I enjoyed that. One time, I, well, I went twice to Mexico and that was all from a some a missionary that had come through our church during a missions conference. And then, of course, we had um, Joe Marshall, the missionary to Australia, on the podcast here just a couple episodes ago. 
um, before the season two opener episode there. We had those posted. And so that was another opportunity I was able to come into contact with him through a missions conference and then be able to spend some time over there seeing what God was doing and being able to put some sweat equity, yeah. I guess you could say. Be a, be a co-laborer in a sense. Yes. Well, you know, that brings us right to the point of why have this missions conference. And I think right off the bat, we've got to address this and say that a missions conference is not an explicit command of scriptures. Right. You know, it's it's not the same thing. as We're not saying you have to have one. We're not saying that anyone's wrong if they do not have one. There are some explicit commands in scripture, though. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Absolutely. You know, I, I think about the fact that we have a responsibility, particularly pastor, teacher in, in uh, Ephesians. He said that you're to be one engaged in the perfecting of the saints to all come in the perfect union of that uh, of our Savior. Uh, later in the verse, one of the reasons that it's important to have this training is so that we're not blown by every wind of doctrine. That's Ephesians, you know, chapter four. The passage you mentioned, I think there, uh, obviously that we have a responsibility of preaching the gospel. Yeah. The second Corinthians chapter five, where and well, three, four, and five, it's that ministry of reconciliation. So though we wouldn't say that every church has to have it, there ought to be an intentionality to it that uh, a church is busy teaching what the gospel is, making opportunity to participate in the gospel. I mean, for that matter, there's the 222 principle. Right. Teach others. Yes, the same commitment of faithful men may teach others also at 2 Timothy 2.2. Uh, so there may be alternative means to accomplish this, but for our church, it's worked well to have a missions yeah. conference. Missions conference really is a great way to emphasize all the things that the scriptures has already told us that we need to be emphasizing. It, it is. You know, sometimes one of the objections to a missions conference is uh, the singular fact that they can bring an expense that, uh, you know, as a church plant, even for ourselves, we could not really fulfill um, especially if we wanted to pursue the the desire to be um, a pursuit of excellence, if you right. will. You but know, there's ways around that. There are. You know, for us, our church, when we we started, we it was like year three before we had a conference, and and we still kind of adopt this as a planning method. Where I guess you would call it that we have a triennial conference every three years. Every three years, we we have a conference. And so I won't speak for everybody, but for me personally, it's something that I really look forward right. to. And a tremendous amount of planning and time and energy goes into this very thing and really should be anything that we're going to do, especially for the Lord, we're to do with all of our being. Uh, and then in the intervening years, we have a, a spotlight, a focus, but not necessarily to the same level of what our conference will be even this year, Lord willing. Right. And we're still making sure that we're training the assembly, promoting the proclamation of the gospel. That's what we have. I mean, even in the church ministry. Yeah, even in the planning of for Sunday school classes, uh, 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 messages, etc. We're putting before the congregation the importance of the gospel ministry. And I am kind of partial to the spring type conference. I don't know. Uh, More energy? <laughs> I, I think so. I, I mean, you were getting ready. For the, the the time change will occur and it, it, that light starts getting we get through man it just energizes us as it gets out to knocking doors or canvassing and all the many sometimes outreach but also personal challenges that we'll have as a yeah, church family. I think it builds up well too. 
the spring, especially as we have a really big push towards yeah. outreach. I, I've been here. at missions conferences that were in the fall, and I would say of them that they can serve their place. And certainly that church has to make their calendar decisions. But for me, I felt like I was all geared up to do something, and it's dark at 6 o'clock or, you know, your then, time frame <laughs> of schedules and things like that. Yeah. Winter is upon you. So I, I am, I guess, personally persuaded I think the spring is a better time. But it's it's the pursuit of excellence, the fact that as a whole, whether one chooses a missions conference or not, there might be another, there probably is, certainly is, other ways to do it. But for us, it's it's worked pretty well. And then, you know, that brings us to the next question of why. You know, why are we having a conference? What are some purposes? Uh, obviously, we want to emphasize areas that God specifically commands us to be obedient to. Uh, one of the ways that we do that's a missions conference, but... What about some of the, the practical things that yeah. we can have? You know, a lot of times folks could get all all rustled about why or how, I should say it was a better thing, about how to do something. And the, and the real reason is sometimes to be able to ask the question why. What's the purpose? And, you know, there are many different aspects to look at, but I think there would be four areas that I would highlight uh, over time my own personal experience, also pastorally as a look at it, I think there's at least four very important foundational reasons to consider having a missions conference, and certainly the ones that undergird our purpose. I think one of those is instruction. Uh, it sets on the calendar a designated time where the preaching of the gospel of Christ to the condemned of Adam's race, wherever they may be, is the centerpiece uh, and right there in front of the church. I mean, surely that's the desire of every child of God, isn't right. it? To know what God wants you to, what to know what the will of God is. Ephesians 5, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Right. But what is the explicit will of God for me? There's a number of them. Right. Yeah. But one of them certainly, I mean, giving of thanks is one, but one of them certainly is to be preaching the gospel of Christ. It not Maybe that's not for everybody in a vocational sense, but surely every child of God should be engaged in some level well, of the preaching of the gospel. And you mentioned vocational senses. Obviously, there's missionaries that are vocational missionaries, as in that is what they've given their, their lives life for. I think of, though, as a church body, the whole church is not made up of missionaries. No. But I think of the opportunities that each person's vocation and work can give them as a mission field to be a witness um, contacts really that, that people, that only they're going to have. Yeah. To the Philippian church, Paul said in, um, Philippians chapter two and verse 15, talks about you shining as lights in a crooked and perverse generation. Was he just talking to the pastors? No. No, that, that's every child of God. There's going to be people. Um, I see you've got your logo on, uh, your endorsement. There's going to be people at your work that you have an opportunity to interact with that I never will have that opportunity. Right. So in that regard, we both have the same application to shine as lights. There's individuals that I'm going to have an, an opportunity to interact with uh, that you're not. Right. And so I think that is we're, one of the explicit things. I'm to be a light of the glorious work of the gospel in my life. I, as you mentioned a moment ago, I'm to make disciples. Um what is it, Second Corinthians, we mentioned a moment ago, I'm to be an ambassador of Christ. Um, I'm not just talking about preaching the gospel from a pulpit sense, but even a practical thing like uh, giving a tract, talking to a neighbor, uh, a co-worker. Uh, there are certainly times, no doubt you, that, that uh, 
coworkers come in and connected with you. They needed prayer. They had a problem in their life, and that's a great time to give the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Or I think about even also the times that you come across someone that you're just able to be an encouragement to, yeah. and they're already a believer. They've already part of God's family. They put their trust in Christ, um, but you can also be an encouragement to them to do just that, to continue making disciples. Yeah, one, one of the great results of a missions conference, I think we both touched on this earlier, is that it does provide a time frame for the Holy Spirit of God, to the preaching of the Word of God, to work in our life and increase our passion for preaching the gospel to the lost around us and to the world at large. I think, as you mentioned, a focus, it gives us a special... T- I think any conference does really too, but for me, if you're you're going to a missions conference, usually there's you're meeting one day, then you're coming back the next day, and yep. you come back the next day. And to me, that's a good time in my life where I can emphasize the fact in my own life that I am here to get as much out of this as I can. I'm here for God to speak to me. I'm here to be sensitive about the working of God in my life. And um, actually, as I think about missions conferences in my life, it was actually a missions conference that God used to call me into ministry. So just missions conferences, a conference in general, can be used if we allow it to, to allow ourselves to focus our minds and our hearts to what God would have it is certainly a time of instruction. Yes. It's a time of instruction. I think another purpose for us to have a missions conference is it's a time of introduction. Um, you know, I guess in part this kind of falls under education as well. But in addition to increasing our passion and, and understanding better the gospel of Jesus Christ and how important being motivated in that regard, there is in the New Testament a biblical pattern for missionary activity. Right. I mean... The, the the reality that in the New Testament, when Paul wrote to these other churches, many of which were his supporting churches, and he would speak of his co-laborers, uh, Gaius or Titus or Timothy or Luke or Demas, the, the churches he was writing to knew who they were. And there's a pattern in the New Testament of knowing who your missionaries are. Right. Uh, as opposed to something being abstract. Now, I'm not saying we can't be involved in missionaries that we don't know in this regard, but I am saying that the preeminent New Testament principle seems to be a personal knowledge of them. Yeah. And what a wonderful way to sit there, as we'll talk in a minute about prayer, but to when you mention this missionary family going to this particular country, you've met them. Yeah. You know what they look like. You may not remember it very long. You heard their voice. It may not resonate with you always, but you can put a name, uh, a face, a likeness, if you will, in keeping with that missionary. And so it is a level of introduction, too, Uh, not only to the missionary, but to biblical principles of missions, because there are right and wrong ways in which to engage in missions. And a missions conference uh, introduces a church to a biblical pattern of missions. And I think it's helpful uh, at a conference to have not just seasoned missionaries or not just new missionaries, but have a good balance of, yeah, of seasoned folks and brand new folks together, especially those that are on deputation. That's a whole, you know, I'll be honest, we we did 13 months, my wife and I, we did 13 months of deputation before we planted this church. Um, 
I would submit to you that 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 should have been con- that should have been continuing educational credits. <laughs> um, I feel that you know not every pastor will have that opportunity, but that is a wonderful opportunity that I feel that I had. You grow in different ways. I see things differently as a pastor that was on deputation than I likely would have if I had never just been on deputation. And you see a hardship they go through. You see um, um, doubt and worry and victory and trials and triumphs. And it's a wonderful thing. I had a, had a uh, missionary couple going to the, to a country many years ago and we were at a conference together and, and they were just fantastic in the presentation, the burden of their field and, and a great couple. And they had only been married for a few months. And I had this habit when I was a deputation, I would ask these missionaries, some of them were very seasoned, far more than I was. And I would say, well, what have you been learning through deputation? And I'll never forget her response. I have forgotten her name, but I'll never forget her response. She said, she said, I've learned not to get excited when you have extra money. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that's interesting. She said, and the reason for that is it seems that every time there's a little extra money, something breaks <laughs> and that's what we spend it on. Uh, and I said, so what would you say about that? She said, I've learned that God takes care of us. Amen. And you know, needing, that was marvelous. And she, she was very pleasant. This, I wish I could actually had a video of it that would work better, but here's somebody going to a mission field. I would think that that is something you've got to learn. Right. Um, because when you get out on the mission field, there's a little bit of isolation present you're out of your comfort and element and to know that God has provided. And that's all in keeping again. And, and a missions conference gives an opportunity for the people to be introduced to a New Testament pattern. Uh, you know, how does, how does someone become a missionary? Do you right. file paperwork for that? Right. Uh, you go on monster.com. You know, how does, how does this work? How do you go from A to B? Yeah. How about um, meet some missionaries and they'll, they'll tell you all about it. They, they will. And there's different difficulties and how they deal with them. Um, we know it's common at pretty much every time we have a missionary in, or there's a missions conference, what is in the back, what, after they, after they present their work or the work that God has them to do. And after they uh, give the challenge, there's always a table in the back and they're always standing there. Why? So you can go and you can talk to them and ask them questions about the field, ask them the things that God's taught them at. Hey, maybe I do. I want to, I feel like God's working in my heart. The country, everything. Ask them where the country is. I mean, I have learned so much from missionaries that do a good job articulating things about their country that, frankly, I didn't know. Um, and I am still surprised at how geographically challenged I am globally. Uh, there are these countries and these pockets and places, and it's missions conference serve as a time of introduction. Yes. Yeah. And I think, uh, so we've got instruction, we've got introduction. A third thing. Increasing? Yeah, we'll throw it out there. Increasing. It's a time of increase. Yeah. Um, recently heard a message about the Lord enlarging our hearts. Yeah. You know, when we consider missions, it's a time for we, the church, the assembly here to encourage the missionaries who are going to come in. Yeah. It's a time for them. Encourage I think of, uh, the epistles of Johnny's have no greater joy. Than my children walk in truth. Now I may not have played a role. And uh, directly or even indirectly in the missionaries that we're going to have come into our missions conference, coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ may have not played a role in any of their training whatsoever, but oh, what it is, uh, joyful 
to have individuals that you meet that are excited to serve God and they are desirous to give their life uh, for the purpose of the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's a time of increase. Yeah. And it causes me as an individual to say, hey, what what could I do? I mean, oh yeah, maybe maybe I can't give more. I mean, here at our church, we do, I don't ram this home, but but there is a little self introspection there. What what can I do? Can I pray more? Yeah, that was one I was thinking about. Yeah, and, and pray specific maybe. Right. Yeah. Well, and then as you get talking back to our introduction point, um, as you get to meet, and know, and keep up with these missionaries and the work that God has them doing, the prayer requests that they have coming in, you know, their needs. And it does. It works as an increase of, we can pray more for them. Yeah, you know, about quarterly at our church on a Thursday night when we have our prayer time, our midweek prayer time, we, we do a missionary focus. Yes. Take all those prayer letters, we read through them. And, you know, as a child, I used to, and I don't mean a child child, but as a, a young preacher, I used to really think, man, supporting 100 missionaries the way you go. And I still, boy, there's a lot to like about that. You sure. know, you're everywhere. and But I, I found once that I was at church and the pastor put into a bulletin, right? And and it was like an ABC thing. Okay. As matching. Oh. And what he did. Match your missionary. Yes, you had to match your missionary. That'd be a good missions conference game. Shh, don't tell anybody. Sorry. So you had to match your, you know, field to the missionary. Right. And I didn't do bad. We only had like 30, 35 missionaries. I didn't do bad. But I did. I was not. Now, some people did get 100% right. Then they had one where you match the children <laughs> to the parents. And I mean, almost everybody bombed. I think I saw one where it was like a missions card, but it, they removed the word, the names. And so you had to fill the names in. Uh, that, I mean, that's the challenge. And I'm sure missionaries have unique positions on that. But it, it's always great. Again, someone spent some time on deputation when we would get cards and they were addressed to my children, their birthdays or... And, and, you know, we're stateside, so not inhibited by long postal ranges right. and stuff. Or that, you know, people would ask about my children or uh, my wife or it was very specific. And I, I think, again, that's, that's part of that increase of being able to specifically pray for your missionaries. Right. Let me circle back and share. You know, you mentioned our missionary spotlights. I have a pretty personal story about that. Um, like you said, every once a quarter or so. They'll, someone will get up, either one of the men in the church, or you'll get up and read from those missionary letters. And so my wife, before she trusted Christ, was was here and attending the church. And during one of those quarterly missionary focuses, um, you were reading the testimony of one of these missionaries, how he had had the opportunity to witness to this lady. And yeah. anyways, just went through the whole story of this lady's salvation. And um, next thing you know, you know, my wife went home. This is before we were married. She went home and went her way. And then later on that evening, come to find out she had trusted Christ. And that missionary prayer letter had played a great impact in that. And so I just think of encouragement going both ways. That was a great encouragement sure from the missionary to our church, to her life, and you know just how God can work in those things. Yeah. So we've, we've got instruction. Uh, we've got, obviously, introduction. We're increasing. And, and I think a fourth pillar is inspiration. And by that, I mean motivation. Right. Uh, it's one thing to see a need. It's another thing to act upon it. And the fact is, all the missionaries that we'll have in, regardless of how seasoned they are, or how new, or how far down the deputational trail they are, they were called by God 
and sent out of another church, right? There was a time, you mentioned your wife, there was a time when they were without Christ, Mm -hmm. where they received the gospel. All of them, they trained in a local assembly. They prepared and God placed the calling. And then what did they do? They obeyed. They obeyed. And and I think that's that's what I, I referenced with a little inspiration there, motivation. Is there something that I should personally do? Now, for some, yes, it's praying more. Yeah. For some, that's, you know, I can't be a vocational missionary, but I'm going to be more serious about missions. And there's all manner of things. Uh, today with the knowledge, it might be going to help in another ministry and apply your trade as it is in, in, in a particular field. But we all ought to be motivated to participate in this grand ministry. But oh, what a wonderful blessing if there's someone that God's placed in their heart. Right. And at the conclusion of man, they're talking, and wow, I think it's God's desire that I go to fill in the blank. Right. Or surrender my life for this type of service. Right. And, and then from there, there's, you know, a whole nother path. And what a wonderful opportunity to just spotlight, particularly over the course of a calendar year this particular week for us, and have an opportunity to allow the Spirit of God to work in our hearts by His Word, we be obedient to it. You know, I think one thing that always inspires obedience from a believer or a believer that's following God is always, I guess you call it an inspiration. It's always an encouragement to me to be obedient to God sure. as well. Sure, and I, I think there's many means by which a church could could see some of this come to pass and instruction and all, but the missions conference is a proven one. Um, it has the capacity in keeping with, with our title to charge the batteries, not only of the missionaries, right, but also the pastor of the church as a whole, uh, and, and to see a fresh motivation for pursuing one of God's purposes in our life. What's the word for the day, brother? Our word for the day comes from John chapter 8, verse 12. The scriptures say, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so with that, we want to thank you once again for listening. And goodbye for now. We'll catch you on the next episode.